The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. you to take your Bibles this morning and go with me to the book of Mark and what will be a two-part series tonight we will do part number two of a message called he's a healing Jesus everybody say he is a healing Jesus say it one more time very interesting that this commission took place, Mark 16, right after Jesus had been risen from the dead. His first appearance and we can actually go from verse 9. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. She went and told them that she had been with them, and as they mourned they, and, and wept, and they, when they had heard that he was alive and that he'd been seen of her, they didn't believe. They thought she'd making it up. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went in the country, and, and then they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. So there was like a hard time con, con, coming to the realization that Jesus actually was alive. And then verse 14, after he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with the unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he had risen. So it looks like, you know, Jesus had to deal with these disciples constantly, you know, rebuking them, chiding them. And, and even when he, before his resurrection, he was like, how long do I suffer with you people? Like, seriously. Because they didn't believe the ones that came to tell everybody, he's alive. No, no, you make it up. No, no, I saw him. He is real. He's alive. We, we deal with that today, you know. We deal with that kind of unbelief amongst many in the church world that don't believe that Jesus, well, they know he's alive, but they don't believe in his power of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. So while they say, yes, he's alive, we know, but he's, he's in heaven, but he's not doing what he did before. He's, it doesn't operate like that. Of course, that all stopped, which that's a total lie, ladies and gentlemen. Now you go over here, verse 15, and he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing and shall not hurt them. Why did he say that? Because he wanted you to know that as you would go and obey him, he would protect you and take care of you from people trying to poison you or people trying to harm you. 
and uh, don't worry about it. It will not hurt you, and you will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, what's so powerful about this? So then after the Lord had spoken on them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Now, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. With signs following. God always confirms his word with signs and wonders following. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I believe that this month of November is going to be a month of God confirming his word with signs following. And I believe that this is going to be a month of healing, a month of miracles on every side, starting individually with all of you, just in your own personal life. It doesn't matter how you wake up in the morning, you might feel every kind of thing coming against you immediately. If you're by yourself, you know what to do. You take your hands, you put it on your head and rebuke that and take authority. And I'm talking about really rebuke it. Are you with me? Don't just go, I bind, I bind this now in Jesus' name, amen. I mean, I'm talking about take authority. Like really. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. Leave my body alone. I mean, that's how you have to react. Just like you would if a snake come into your house. Now, some people just scream and run, jump on top of the bed, you know. But, and then your wife has to come and get the snake. <laughs> Like, if, if a spider comes into certain people's homes, some of the men scream like girls, and then the wife has to come and, and kill the spider. I won't point anybody out in particular, but you have to react. You have to react immediately. Someone said, I need to, say it after me, I need to react immediately. So, when you read the scripture and you study the word of God, you find out that the word salvation comes from the Greek word sozo, which means soundness, wholeness, healing, preservation, deliverance, really blessing and provision. Whatever you have needed is wrapped up in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. So not only to save you from your sins, save you from a lost eternity, save you from going to, to devil's hell, but then to heal your physical body and then to give you peace of mind and then also to provide for you throughout your life in God's purpose and plan and the call of God that's on your life. Now we also know from the scripture when we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that 70% of the life and ministry of Jesus was healing the sick and casting out devils. So none of that has changed. Somebody said, yeah, but he's not here today. Yeah, he's not physically here today, but he's given that authority to his church so that his church becomes his hands, his feet, and his mouthpiece. And basically, you go, you preach everywhere, and do exactly what I tell you to do. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Cast out devils. We have to do that. We have to do that more now than ever before, and especially in the light of what's coming. If you don't believe in miracles, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven. You'll just go to heaven earlier. Which can't, I mean, it's not going to be bad, I understand. But how many feel that God's put you here to fulfill your life's mission 
and to run your race to completion and not be cut off earlier because of something stupid, which the Bible says my people perish for the lack of knowledge. This is one of the reasons why we have a healing school here for incurable diseases. Now, I know a lot of people that come to any school is actually not incurable, but in the sense that you've tried everything and medical science can't help you. That's what I'm trying to say here. So when I say incurable, it's not that it can't be cured. There are cures, but in the medicine realm, they can help you. I mean, doctors say, well, I can't help you. I'll give you this drug. It'll mask those symptoms, but it's going to cause your kidneys to fail. Uh, you're going to have bladder problems, and you might have diarrhea, and you might have confusion in the mind and many of the side effects which you have to read in small print, which is devastating stuff when you think about it. Why would I take a medicine that's actually going to destroy another part of my body? Are you with me? Some say, well, I need to get healed. Yeah, but the devastating effects of the medicine is going to create another problem that you're actually better off facing the problem you're dealing with right now, believing God for a miracle, and there are other, which I know I probably shouldn't say this, but there are other alternative methods. There are uh, certain um, herbs and certain things which I probably should not be saying any of this. Right now, you can change your diet. You can change certain things and change the way you eat and also administer these things to yourself, you know, like eating certain leaves or whatever. I'm not talking about smoking stuff. Okay, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm not talking about finding stuff that you vape or whatever, but there are certain things that you can do that you can heal yourself. Because people use every excuse nowadays. Well, you're pastor, I'm doing that for medicinal purposes. The problem is you get very happy and you start eating everything in sight. You know, somebody said, pastor, is this a cookie? I see Pastor Jennifer has a lot of cookies back there. And when I walk by Land of the Light Farms, she holds up a cookie and says, this is a very good cookie. I'm always like suspect of the cookies back there, but I will tell you they are great cookies. And they, they, they are great cookies. <laughs> He's been eating them all. All right. But obviously, I know we joke about it, but there are people that are using stuff they shouldn't be using that's actually going to cause them trouble in the long run. Why, why am I looking out and people looking at me like they're guilty? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about you. Somebody said, how does he know I ate a cookie? <laughs> I saw you in the back shoving pizza in your face as fast as you could do it. All right. No, if you're watching my wave television, we don't do any of that here at the River Tampa Bay Church. If you do see people happy, it's really they're happy with the joy of the Lord. It's got nothing to do with Aunt Mary Sue's cookies. That's why I'm very careful when people pass out cookies. You know, do you want a cookie? I, I don't know what it is. On Friday night, we were with Brother Jesse, and Kathy, Brother Jesse said, Brother Rodney, you have to have this. I said, what is it? He said, this thing make you want to slap your mama. He said, this. <laughs> it was, I had one, then I had two, then I had three, then I had four, <laughs> then I had five. Listen, it was bad. 
he, he said, Brother Jerry Savelle came there and called him up, sent me some of them cookies. What was it? It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a coconut macaroon. It was the best thing I ever eaten in my life. Huh? It was like Pastor Alan until it was like manna from heaven. And I said to Brother Jesse, are you sure there's nothing else in these cookies? Because I'm eating them. I'm getting very happy here. He said, he said to me, look, it's probably not healthy, but you'll die happy. So <laughs> they were phenomenal. We couldn't, I told them, I said, get it away from me. I can't eat anymore. I don't know how many of these things I had. You know what we should do? You know how we give gifts at certain things? We give each person. We should fly boxes of those things and bless everybody in the congregation with them. I'll find out where they are. We'll get them in. They are phenomenal. Wow, that's got nothing to do with my message. I repute that. Get thee behind me, Satan. In Jesus' name. But it was phenomenal. He kept down that. And he said, you have to have that, and you have to have that, and you have to have that. And then he gets me a plate, starts dishing up the stuff. I said, Brother Jesse, I, I can't eat it. Like, you've got to eat that. That is amazing stuff. Anyway, so, all right. Now, so say the zombie, 70% of the life and ministry of Jesus was healing the sick and casting out devils. So if he did that when he was on the earth, how many, if you looked at humanity today, you would say, I would say that a whole large portion of what we need to be doing, obviously getting people saved, but then we should be ministering to sick bodies and getting people set free from devils. There's probably people, listen, there's people with more devils now than they've ever been because there's more people now. Are you with me? I've never seen so many raving lunatics, and that's just when I look at some of the bishops sitting in the, anyway, I'll leave that alone. Right. Healing is the dinner bell of the gospel. So basically, the moment you begin to have miracles and healing, it's like ringing a bell where all the sinners begin to come. Yeah, there's going to be the attacks where you are charlatan and you are of the devil and whatever. The devil will even tell you that you of him, but he doesn't know who you are. Because he does not want you to get God's healing power to his people. And then problem is we have elevated medical science up into the realms of God. And of course, there's certain parts of medical science that actually are important. Like if you break your bones, somebody just set your bones properly. Are you with me? If there's an operation to take place that's legit, then that's important and you have a top surgeon who knows what to do. But the problem is all of our doctors and medical science has now just gone the way of big pharma and the drug companies and all they know coming out of university and out of medical school is prescribe that drug, prescribe this drug, prescribe that drug. So it has all moved away. Yet when you go right back, even with a woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she suffered many things and many physicians. And if you look at what's happening today, people are suffering many things and many physicians 
people are being misdiagnosed, people are being given the wrong medication, people come to us say, I went to my doctor and they misdiagnosed me and put me on the wrong medication and all those symptoms behind them, then they did tests on me again and found out, oh, oops, oops, sorry, we put you on the wrong medicine or they gave you a dosage that's too high. If you knew how many malpractice suits just in certain states alone runs into the hundreds of thousands of malpractice suits because of misdiagnosis or people, people been operated on, they removed the wrong body part. Somebody went in to have a leg amputated from the knee down and he woke up and the other leg was gone. What happened? Oops. I'm so sorry. We made a mistake. In actual fact, it is so bad now that you can't even see a doctor. You see all the people around about the doctors, and the doctor just comes in and goes, yeah, yeah. Most of them are out doing other stuff. And then we've never seen so much medical... <coughs> I, mean, I don't even know what word to describe it as in the last four years. So do we need the healing power of God more than ever before? Yes. And every believer here needs to be praying for the sick. How many of you do pray for the sick and you do lay hands on the sick? You need to do that in the face of total criticism, in the face of people mocking you, whatever. Just, just smile, keep doing what God's called you to do. Do not stop. Do not stop. So Mark chapter 16, the Great Commission, he says, go. He says, preach and teach. He says, lay hands on the sick. He says, cast out devils. And he says, I'm going to work with you. I will work with you. You're not going to be by yourself. So when people say, well, he's out there and he's just doing this self-proclaimed. We're not self-proclaimed anything. He, we didn't come up with this idea. We just read the Bible. He said, go, we're going. He said, do this, we're doing it. Amen. And then what does God say? He said, I will work with you. I will confirm the word with signs following. You know, one of the things that's blown me away of this 300 city tour and running to the nations is to come with all the people coming with testimonies. Like things, I'm not talking about light things. I'm talking about major things where I look at them and I go, that happened? Yes, in your meeting. Really? You called me out? You prayed for me? That cancer left my body. I go, wow, now I'm not sure if they're telling me the truth or they're making it up. I'm having a hard time believing some of the stuff they're telling me. Total miraculous things that have taken place. And all I was doing was just doing what the Lord said, come here, the Lord's going to touch you right now, be healed in Jesus' name, go on. You don't know what's happened. Fifteen years later, you find out, oh, my Lord, have mercy. They actually got healed. Not that you didn't believe they would get healed. They didn't get healed instantaneously, but they went on down the road and then found out that the thing had gone. P people that couldn't have children that was impossible. Doctors told them you can't have a child. And they had not just one, two, but three or four children. And many different things. From marriages that were healed by the power of God. So Jesus is a healing Jesus. 
He's the healing Jesus. And when you talk about him, then he comes to back up his word. He comes to confirm his word. So that even if you were ministering to somebody and they said, look, I don't really believe in the Lord, and they didn't really want you to pray with them to accept Christ, you could say, well, is there anything you battling in your life right now? Well, let me tell you right now, I crushed my spine or whatever. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Because that will be the sign that when you pray for them and God heals them, that flips them around. They go, okay, I'm ready to receive him as my Lord and Savior. Can you say amen? Now, I don't make a big thing out of miracles. I don't run around publicizing all of the stuff that happens in the ministry because obviously we give the Lord all the glory. But I will tell you this, when I travel around and I hear the stories, <laughs> I, just, I just lift my hands and thank the Lord. And that's amazing what the Lord did for you. But that's what we expect him to do. Can you say amen? Now, why am I saying this? Because of the attack on the supernatural power of God. In our news program today, I talk about in the United Kingdom, they're offering degrees right now from major universities to give you a master's in witchcraft, magic, and occult science. You can go to a major university in the United Kingdom and get a master's degree in witchcraft. Somebody said, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm studying at this big university. Uh, what are you studying? Oh, I'm getting my master's degree in witchcraft. You know, we need to hire you. <laughs> Who wants to hire witches? Hello. I mean, some people's mother-in-law will take them over there. So, well, not you, but other people's mother-in-law. No, she's the best mother-in-law I've ever had, the only one I've ever had. But some people's mother-in-law is enough. You know what I mean? You don't need a witch. Anyway, so... But can you imagine getting a degree in witchcraft? This is in a first world so... You can understand in a third world country where people worship idols and whatever. This is in England. This is in the UK. I say, old chap, what are you studying? Well, I'm getting myself a master's degree in witchcraft. Great. Uh, stay away from me. I don't want somebody, yes, yeah, you try to sit with your friends. He's trying to cast a spell on you because he's trying to practice. He's trying to become proficient in his, in his, in his witchcraft. I'm not making this up. Can you imagine? What do you say? Well, I'm studying occult science. But when the modern work church sees what I'm doing, and they funded by George Soros, and they say that I'm full of the devil because I'm going around getting people full of joy. So, stay away. Stay away from that preacher. He's going to come, and you're going to get everybody happy with joy, and people are going to get healed. He's full of the devil. What are you doing? I'm studying witchcraft, magic, and occult science. (laughs) 
How many of you, as you've been praying for people, praying for the sick, you bump into that wall of religion that tries to tell you, you can't do that. How many have ever had people tell you that? And how many have ever had somebody accuse you and say that you, what you're doing is of the devil? Okay, so let me get this right. You actually wanted to get people healed. So that means the devil is now going around trying to heal people like, really? What's wrong with you? I'm tormented in my, my mind. I can't sleep. I, I have bad nightmares. Come here. I'm going to pray for you. Oh, that's the devil. No, the devil's tormenting them. Look, there's no logic in anything. And you can't even debate them because there's nothing there. Are you with me? Nothing there. Empty. I can't even pray for my children and kiss them on the forehead. They're my children. Oh, sorry, we didn't know. So that's why this healing school is here. That's why we're going to actually take it to not just two weeks of a month. It's going to become a daily school. That'll be there. That'll just run permanently. And coming here to the river, we'll give you a bachelor's in healing and miracles and casting out devils. Hallelujah. 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 The devil's not ready for what's coming his way. Hallelujah. When, when doctors say there's nothing, there's nothing we can do for you. Can't do anything for you. Jesus says, come here, let me show you what I'm going to do for you. And that's why a lot of people are getting healed from, not from the thing they came for, they're getting healed from the thing they gave up on. And the Lord does that. Why? Somebody said, I actually came here for this, but the Lord healed me from that. But I gave up on ever, ever getting a miracle for that. Why did God heal you from what you gave up on to show you he's going to heal you from what you're facing right now? People are being set free from everything that plagues them. I don't care if they offer degrees in universities for witchcraft, magic, and the occult. It doesn't bother me. But you're not going to stop us from laying hands on the sick and casting out devils. And you can label us whatever you want to. We actually don't care. We don't actually care. And that's coming from somebody that's been attacked. 
I actually laugh about it now. In the early days, it really used to irritate me. I actually laugh about it. I think it's amusing. Because let me tell you, nobody was attacked more than Jesus was. And you've heard me say this, a servant's not greater than his master. True Christians obey the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. True Christians do not compromise. True Christians never water down the gospel to become accepted. Never. Never. Well, Brother Roddy, if you just leave this out, we'll have you come. I've had people tell me, if you, if you come to our churches, please don't teach on giving. Okay, you don't want me to teach on giving, all right. And uh, please don't bring any joy. Okay, so there goes two things out the door. And don't lay hands on anybody. And, and if you don't mind, don't publicly talk in tongues. You can't even post anything these days, just even on Facebook. And every Tom, Dick, and Harry will get on your feed. How many know what I'm talking about? Somebody said, does that upset you? In the early days, it used to now, I just block, delete, block, delete. Idiots. The gospel is good news. When you're suffering with pain, I tell you, that's the thing the Lord's given me more compassion for than ever before when people are suffering with pain. I, I don't even know how to tell you. I start weeping, you know, grab a hold of them because pain, pain is something that's with you constantly. It's there all the time. It doesn't matter when you lie in your bed, when you get up in the morning, it's just a constant pain. And I've been really pressing in for the Lord to do some of the most miraculous things. This year, I probably pressed in more for that than any other year before because I realized people are suffering. People are hurting out there. And when pain racks your body, you can't even think straight. The pain is there constantly. It's there when you lie down. It's there when you wake up. It's there in the middle of the night. It's just there, constant pain. But I believe that we're going to see, even in November, some of the most amazing miracles take place. Just, just in your daily life.
just in your daily life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And even if you're battling some things in your personal life, don't listen to the lies of the devil. You know, people come up to you and say, are you still alive? <laughs> say, yes, I'm alive. And I'm sustained by the hand of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 4. And we will, I'm going to just lay this as a foundation and we'll continue with this tonight. I mean, you think about it. You know, one mosquito bite can kill you. Are you with me? Just one, one mosquito bite. One, one bite of any, of an insect can, can kill you. Luke chapter four, In verse 14. And Jesus returned the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and they went out of, re uh, uh, they went out of fame of him through all the region round about. He taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. And as was his custom, he came in this... Uh, sorry, I'm reading too fast. I'm, I've memorized it, so it's jumping out of my spirit here. I'll slow it down and read it. As he came to Nazareth, we'd be brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That line that I just read is not just for Jesus. That's for every born-again believer. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Say this after me. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Somebody said, yeah, but that was attributed to Jesus. But you are his body. You are his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight of the blind, to set liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That means the day when salvation, the free favors of God, profusely abound. Now, what I want to do tonight, I'm going to lay hands on all the sick, every, every sick person. I know healing school starts tomorrow. You might already be here by the time you get to the school. I'm just saying. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on everybody. And here's what I'm going to do. I mean, we can call people out by word of knowledge or whatever. I'm just going to come put my hands on you and release that anointing because that's the way that we minister healing to the sick. You put your hands on them. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything and most times you don't have to pray. You just put your hands on them and then the power of God comes on them. That's how it works. There's nothing mystical about it. Are you with me? Now some people say, well, well, are they going to get healed instantly? I don't know. I'm not the healer. I'm just obeying the Lord. Some say, well, I saw you lay hands on them. They came up there. They were limping and they left. They were limping. Well, at least we ministered God's healing power to them. But you didn't see what happened when they got home. You didn't see what happened the next week. 
God heals, there's sometimes people healed instantly, other people healed as they go, and other people are healed gradually. How many have heard me tell the story of the lady in, in New Zealand that came in a wheelchair? Who, who ever heard that story? Who's never heard me tell the story of the lady in the wheelchair? Look at that. I can't believe that. So I was written down, this was back in the 90s, to go preach in the nation of New Zealand. And I got in, and I had an hour to shower and go to the morning service. I was jet-lagged. If you know anything about traveling down south, down under, which really is not under, it's just the southern hemisphere, nothing under. <laughs> so he says, he's down under. You mean he's walking upside down? No. He's, they they in the upright position. Are you with me? There's nobody walking upside down. There's no down under. It's the northern southern hemisphere. Okay. So anyway, moving right along. So I get down there, and they, I get to the service. There's 3,000 people there. And they wanted me to pray for the people. I said, look, I'm here the whole week. I'll pray for them tonight and tomorrow. He said, no, please, please pray for the people. So I'm so tired. I can't even keep my head up. It feels like when you jet lag, your head becomes like 300 pounds, and uh, you just want to lie down and go to sleep. And the extra fact, I knew I was in trouble when I called the altar call, and hundreds of people stood in front of me, and I started praying the prayer. I heard my voice trailing off. My voice was trailing off like I'm falling asleep. And then I thought to myself, oh, no, you've fallen asleep. How do you know you're praying the prayer for people to accept Jesus? You might end up praying over the food. So I even asked after the service, I said, that was the prayer for salvation okay? They said it was perfect. I'll go, oh, thank God. You know when people there lift, lift your hands, Father, we bless this food, our bodies are Jesus. You know, because I've fallen asleep and I'm just, you know. I was praying out of my spirit. That actually encouraged me. The soul winning prayer was coming out of my spirit while my body's falling asleep. So anyway, so the line the people up. Now, if I go down the lines, we've worked this out. If I just walk down the line and just touch people and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name, 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 as I minister that, sorry, I just got hit. If I, if I minister that way, I can pray for about 1,500 people an hour. That's without going into long things like, what's your name? My name is, um, you know, whatever. Harry Smith. What's wrong? And then they tell you the whole life of 1947, this happened, 1948. Now you're standing there for hours going through the whole history of whatever. You think I was a medical consultant, you know. And then I had hemorrhoids badly and then after that I developed a problem with my lower intestine and it goes on and on and on and you can't pray for people people leave the service you can't minister to everybody because they all want to tell you their story so I didn't do that I didn't stop to ask people what was wrong I just went down the line and said in the name of Jesus and carried on going well they brought this lady it's a pastor's wife and it was a pastor they brought the lady in a wheelchair and he's standing there. I went down the line. I said, in the name. And I went on, in the name. And she tried to grab me. I kept going. And she said, pray some more, sonny boy. I mean, she was like mad at me, like really irate that I didn't stop there and engage her and talk to her and find out what all was wrong. And I just kept going. And so she started to cuss. 
And she was cussing loud, and not just nice words. These were blankety-blank. Son of a blank. I mean, it was bad. So I kept going. You know, the further I got away, I couldn't hear what she was saying. The pastor was so embarrassed. He took her and swung her around and started moving out to get her away because she's screaming. Everybody knew. He's a pastor. That's his wife, and she's blankety-blank, you know. And she's mad because I did not take the time to really engage her and talk to her one-on-one. But you can't with these 3,000 people. It's impossible. And so he wheels her out. Well, there's no, in New Zealand, the, the, the climate is temperate. So they don't have air conditioning or heating. In many places, wear a coat. Wear a coat indoor, take a coat outside or whatever. But it was very hot that day. And it was hot inside the building. They got to their car. This is a testimony that I heard years later. And she was paralyzed. She'd had a stroke. She was paralyzed, couldn't move. And so he moves her to the car. He takes her out, puts her in the passenger seat, folds up the wheelchair, puts it in the, in the, in the, in the trunk. And it was not a car that had automatic windows or anything like that. And he gets into the driver's side and she is cussing that preacher, whatever. And it was so hot. And she was hot. And he looked, and she's rolling the window down with a hand that's paralyzed. And, and so she's cussing me out and rolling the window down. And he looked at her, and she, she's going, blah, 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 blah. and she goes like this, huh? And they look at each other. And God's healing God's healing this woman. Now, she did not get healed instantly, but over the next 18 months, every function came back to her body, was was totally healed by the power of God. God healed a cussing preacher's wife. Now, somebody said, why did she cuss? You don't know what she had to live with being married to him. So our job is just to obey and lay hands on the sick and let God do the rest. Can you say amen? amen. Jesus is the healer. You are a dispenser of his healing power to the masses. You are his representative. Somebody said, well, well, I don't really think he got much of a representative. Uh, Don't tell him that because he's pretty happy with you and just wants to use you as you are if you'll let him use you. Can you say amen? We were in California. I'm shaking hands with people on the lines. Little lady, a little lady standing there. Little Spanish lady, she's shaking my hand. She said, I'm so happy you come to my town. I said, where are you from? She said, about two hours from here. She said, I got healed. I was blind in my right eye. I got healed in, through your ministry. I thought, well, I thought this must be something from the 90s. No, no, not at all. I said, when were you healed? She said, in January. I said, you mean this year? Yes. She said, I was watching something on YouTube with my good eye. You know, you can still watch with one eye. 
She said, I was watching something on YouTube. I didn't know who you were, never seen you before. And the thing ended, and you came straight up on the, on, took over my thing. You start preaching. So I was looking at you, and as I was looking at you, you became clear through my blind eye. So I covered my, my good eye, and I could see you perfectly, and the Lord opened my eye. I can see perfectly. God healed me. Now I'm looking at her like, is she making this up? Like, is this real? She said, no. I came here because I had to come see you because I got my eye back. All I could do, I just lifted my hands. I, I'm, I got tears in my eyes. I said, isn't Jesus wonderful? That on your YouTube, a donkey was talking and your eyes opened? <laughs> Hallelujah. Deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set him liberty then that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This month of November shall be a month of healing and miracles. For every person here, for every ministry represented here, your whole life, your whole ministry is going to go into another dimension. Can you say amen? And all you do is just do what he tells you to do. Just do exactly what he tells you to do. Just do exactly what he tells you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just come here, the dean. Step right over here. Let's follow the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people, what's happening, who, what? It's none of your business. Just do it. You have to ask questions. Stop being so nosy. As though by your questioning and finding out information is going to make it any better. So we say, what's God doing? We'll find out later. Sometimes 10 years later, sometimes 15 years later, sometimes 30 years later, we'll find out. We don't know. 
We just do what he tells us. Just do what he tells us. It's as you have to mystify. What is he doing? Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. That's what he's doing. But they didn't fall down. But you weren't there. The woman with the issue of blood touched him with his garment, and she fell down before him. She was shaking and trembling. What are you talking about? Don't you come and water down the scripture just because you don't like the power of God. You stinking, Soros-funded Pharisee. There's people sitting in their home with uh, men with pink underwear criticizing me on the internet. <laughs> Wearing his wife's thong. <laughs> What's that? Attack the power of God. Attack the healing power of God, attack miracles, attack signs and wonders. Who are these people? Somebody said, why you pick on some of the older people? Because older people have more wear and tear on them. So all you have to do is do the exact same thing that I'm telling you right now. You go from here, you meet somebody sick, you say, hey, I know what to do. Close your eyes, lift your hands, and you put your hands on them, and let Jesus touch them. And the beautiful thing about what I'm talking about, this will work anywhere, in a parking lot, in Soul Mart, in the French department store called Target. <laughs> Many people go shopping at Target. It's a French store. <laughs> you didn't know that's what it was? The Target.
Now, some of you might say, Pastor, I don't really feel that well myself, and you want me to go lay hands on the sick. Yes. Jesus didn't say, go and lay hands on the sick only when you're feeling well. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, I don't really feel too optimum right now. Some of the greatest miracles we've ever seen happen is when I felt terrible. But I did what the Lord said. Are you with me? And then God moved in, a, in an amazing way, proving that it wasn't me, it was Him. Because if it was based on how I felt, I'd have just said them drop dead. <laughs> this lady right here with the hat on, sister with the red shirt with the hat on, sister, yeah, come here. Now, obviously, with the hat, looks like you ride horses, so. And you're wearing that brace on your, on your body. Bring her here. So it looks like you ride horses. Are you part of the rodeo circuit? So look at me. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? Huh? Sorry, I can't hear you. So is it to do with your spine? What is it? All over. How long has it been like this? Been a while. Now let that anointing go right down through her back, through her spine, into her stomach, into whatever needs to be fixed. Jesus! From this day. From this day. Hopefully, drunk Tony. Amen. Hey, no, get drunk. Get no, get drunk. Drunk, drunk. Drunk Tony, drunk. So how many would say, Pastor, this month, I'm going to go, I'm going crazy on sickness and disease this month. I'm going to turn up the volume. I, I'm going to be praying for anything that, if it even looks sick, I'm going to lay hands on. And let's believe God to see many, many miracles take place this month, a month of increased miracles. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know you headed down south to the Sarasota, Brayton, Daenerys, on the tent miracles tonight, and whatever. There's so many sick people down there. They breed them down that part. There's old people there that go there to die. So you you can have every sick person come out the woodwork. 
Just do what the Lord tells you to do. Ignore the critics. Remember the dogs bark, but the caravan keeps moving. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't retaliate. Don't even worry about it. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar. He's a liar. So we'll do part two of this tonight. Now I'm going to pray over all those that... And I don't want to know what the problem is. So you know, I'm not going to have you write it down on a card so I can read out what your problem is. I want to hear it. I did ask her. Well, you asked her. Well, I want to find out what that, that brace was around her body. That's all I'm asking. Hold up these two hands. Say, Lord, you said I must lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I will do that this month. Starting with myself, every single day, I lay hands on me and no matter how I feel, no matter what's going through my body, and then I'll go and do it and administer to others. Freely I've received. Freely I give. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment. And we're going to do this and then we'll go to communion. And then I'll let you go. And then tonight we'll do part two. Let's... Just give every person in this room and those watching by way of television opportunity. Maybe you've come today, you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? Where would you spend eternity? Where would you go? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come here one way, but you're going to leave another way. Today, the Lord calls you. Today, Jesus stands with arms wide open, and he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and ever laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? He's waiting for you just to say yes. Maybe you've come here today and you say, Pastor, I had given my life to the Lord many years ago, but I've grown cold. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost that first love, that passion, that joy. But today I feel the Lord speaking to me and you watching in your homes by way of television. This could be you. And you say, I want to come back to my first love. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone can see, which makes it worse. And you feel, well, what's the use anyway? Everybody knows how bad I am. But God's the God of a second chance and a new beginning. And he says, come, come.
Yesterday morning, I was sitting in the hotel at the airport Hilton in New Orleans. The man came up at the table. He looked at me. He said, who are you? I recognize you. Are you a chef? I said, yeah, I mean, I, I can't cook. I wouldn't call myself a chef. He said, are you an artist? He was trying to find it. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm a pastor of the River Church. The River Church, I see you all the time. You give those altar calls and you prophesy to people, don't you? I've watched you on television. And then he told me his struggles and how he's just really recently surrendered his life to the Lord. So people are watching right now. They're watching right now. So those hidden things God will remove. Those outward things God's going to get rid of. Somebody said, well, how can he use me knowing what I've done? He's going to use you knowing what he's done. So that no flesh should glory except in the Lord. And then if you hear, you say, Pastor, man, I was going great guns. I was serving God. And then a storm hit me, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that shook my whole life. I can't even give back. I don't even know how to pray. Today, the Lord will restore you and bring you back to your first love. And you'll bind up the broken heart and let the press go free if you just surrender to him today. And then lastly, you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I promise you, I keep having doubts about my salvation, and I want to know... I look at some people, I see the confidence they have, and the devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved. But today, I want to make sure, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, quickly, put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Thank you, dear sister. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you. Thank you, dear sister. Thank you over that side. Thank you. Thank you all the way through to the back. Thank you right at the back there. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Just raise up high and say, yes, that's me. Today's my day of freedom and liberty. And I'm not leaving you the same way I came. In Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. I want you to look at me, please. On this, the um, east side, which would be considered the east side of this pavilion. If you're sitting anywhere in this section and you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included... In the prayer, I'm going to pray right now. Quickly slip that hand up. Thank you. Anybody else? All the way through at the back. Just raise up high. This section here in the middle. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included in the prayer. We're going to pray. Quickly put your hand up right now and say, include me. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? As you hear, this is not the primary way we get people saved. This is just for people attending the service this last week. Close to 4,000 people gave their life to the Lord. This far side here, which we considered the west side of this um, pavilion, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, put that hand up right now and say, include me. Anybody else? Just wave your hand at me and say, yes, that's me. I see your hand there. I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to stand right now. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet all across this room. Stand. Just stand. Stand, 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 stand. I want you to come from where you are and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come.
Come. Ashes, if you bring them. Turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me. could take the whole world but give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I want you to look at me if you would, please. We're going to pray a prayer. One prayer fits all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. I want you to just take your right hand, lift it like that to heaven, and let's pray together. Just say this out loud. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. You that are watching in your homes, you can pray this together with us. Just say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, 
And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And from this day, I'm yours and you are mine. Thank you for saving me now. Now, as your hands are raised, let me just pray over you, Father. I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them, use them to impact this generation. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.